and welcome to Magics of the Evergreen, uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast that takes place in the modern Seattle area where everything is exactly the same as we know it in the real world, except that magic is real and everybody knows it. Bit of a recap on our first episode. Actually, back up a second. Let's do this and remind people who we are. My name is Lurdy Octor. I will be playing God Almighty, a.k.a. the Dungeon Master. Let's go around to my left, and you can say your name and your character info again. My name is Susan. I don't like that. <laughs> my name is Susan, and I play Brit Majors, who is a former child star who's now attending magic school. Um, my name is Lynn. I am playing Wisteria Seal Falcon, who is a paladin, homeschooled. We'll, I think, probably get into a little bit more about her today. I am Dominic. I am playing as Chuck. Uh, I am a druid, and I'm very excited to uh, be here again. My name is Zach, and I play Vinny, who is fresh off his mom's winery and trying to learn more about his powers as a wizard of enchantment. My name's Blair. I'm playing Brooke Rivers, and she has been attending the school since before it was the school. Interested in robotics and magic, and very much trying to navigate the balance between like the familiar and the new. So, last time on, we began our campaign on the shores of Leshy or Leshy. I. I truly, I live there. I truly do not know how to pronounce it. I'm terrible. I will look it up one day. And then remember, because I've definitely looked it up before and then still forgotten the correct answer. Um, we started on the shores there as our uh, students of the Pacific Northwest Academy of Magics awaited their transit to the university. As they were waiting, they met some other fellow students slash TAs. They made their way over to the island, a wonderful little island that's hidden and sequestered uh, right smack between Mercer Island and the 520 Bridge. They made their way to the island, met their teacher supporter, Marsha had orientation where they learned a little bit about the school and classes and things like that, were told that they will have to name their cohort at some point as a reminder. Attended their first day of class the day after for theory and ideation was their mandatory course. Several of them took some other classes as well, but we went through theory and ideation where poor Wisteria had some issues with one of the TAs, Aurelius. That's one word for it, yes. And some issues with her magic and attempting to force some magic that was not meant to be forced and had it rebounded on her. But she had a lovely little makeup session with Brit, where Brit came out and comforted her in her time of need. Folks went home, back to their dorm, had some conversations with their parents, some of which were more fraught than others some of which were very chill. And we ended our session with a, a very legitimate push-up contest that absolutely tested everybody's real ability to do push-ups and definitely had no cheating involved. And as a reminder, there are some discussions happening about mortals and other worlds and realms and gods. And magic itself works 
a little bit differently than we're used to. It's based in physics and elements, and we have a little bit of an extra mechanic in place for anybody who wants to try their hand at doing magic outside of their standard race class abilities, and we will explore some more of that today, which should be fun. So... As we left off, finishing up your push-up contest. Did anybody have anything that they wanted to do before we enter Tuesday? Yeah, actually, I think that as we're like getting ready to go to bed, like after the push-up contest, Wisteria would just like to a little quietly say, thanks for today, Britt. Today was nice. Oh my God, of course. And like, don't even worry about it. I'm thinking of ways that we can get back at Aurelius. Have you thought about any like types of shapes that we could start a rumor that his dick is like I think that's a pretty effective I have a few ideas but like I want to make this an iterative like brainstorming process I, um you know what why don't you sleep on it we'll talk about it tomorrow oh my god I heard his dick is a rectangle <laughs> sharp edges and everything <laughs> I'd rather not sleep thinking about Aurelius's dick oh I think maybe I've misread your whole like relationship okay that's fine we'll talk about it tomorrow sure we can talk about this tomorrow awesome i think about Aurelius's dick all <laughs> canonically wisteria does not sleep because she's too busy thinking about aurelius's dick okay <laughs> you know i was on the fence before i was if i was going to recommend this podcast to my parents <laughs> i'm glad the decision was made for me <laughs> so Y'all go to sleep, or don't, I suppose. A question, does anybody here sleep with their windows open? Brooke does not sleep with her windows open. However, her window has been opened to install a ventilation exit. And so there's definitely not as much like sound insulation there. There's a seal, kind of, but it's not as good as a closed window. Uh... Yeah. My window will be open with like a screen over Even it. in March? Yes. I love Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> if it's raining, I want to be able to hear the rain and everything, oh you know? Oh my god, he's so precious. So those of you with your windows open, how well does Brooke sleep? I think Brooke sleeps okay. It's a question of whether she's gone to sleep. She is a sort of person to just sort of get caught up in something sure, sure, sure. until but 3 a.m. 5 a.m. 5, 5, 5 a.m. She is likely to be asleep. Okay. So we'll just say Chuck. Around 5 a.m., you do hear some people outside who are altogether far too loud in that way where they think that they're not being altogether far too loud. Oh, yeah. Like, hey, man, wait up. You gotta be faster, man. Both of you shut the fuck up. And then... I'd say about an hour and a half later, you kind of wake up hearing them again, but they're trying much less hard to be quiet now and very clearly extremely out of breath. And that's what we'll say for that for the time being. Okay. Uh, 6.30 Wisteria is definitely awake. She wakes okay. up at six for her exercises. Okay. Um, do you exercise outside or inside? I think... Not knowing what time everybody else gets up, she would go outside, like, near the house still, not to, like, like the on your porch ground. or yeah, something? Some, something that she can do. So, yeah, I would say then at, like, 
about half an hour after you wake up at around seven, you do see a group of people sort of running up the path towards you. And one of them right at the front of the pack with kind of these big floppy ears, kind of like a bunny, sees you and goes, neighbor. I am practicing with my greatsword, so I drop into like a stance. And then like once he speaks and does not seem to be hostile, I try to put my sword behind my back. Everyone, there's a neighbor. Everybody kind of, <laughs> there's like four others kind of rush yeah. up. I mean, hi. Hi. Okay. Okay. There are two women, or at least feminine-looking people, twins, well-built black women. Look at you. Look at each other. Look at the guy with the ears. And one of them is just like, "Hi, I'm going to go take a shower, Bradley. We can meet our neighbors later. I mean, yes. Hi, neighbor." Hey, good morning. Is this like some sort of running club or something? We run as a cohort. Oh, I'll have to pitch that idea to mine. That's a good idea you guys have. Yeah, we can run. And Bradley, a bit friend, is like, how fast do you run? Um, I'm more of like a... Do you keep track of your times? Do uh, you, are you on... No, but I do distance. Are you on Runster? Uh, no. App. What's that? Can you show me how to get it? And Wisteria looks to find where her phone is. Um, I really don't know how this like kind of low-tech stuff works. She's <laughs> holding an iPhone like 13. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody kind of looks at your phone and looks at you and looks at each other. And they're like, we don't use an iPhone. They pull out completely different looking phones because you got your phone after you kind of decided to start dicking around in the mortal world for oh, yeah. a little she bit she grew up with a like phone from the future yeah yeah so while everybody has phones they're not necessarily like the same brands they're made by magical companies so everybody pulls out a phone and they look at your phone they're like well it's a phone you just find the app and wherever you get an app from it's called runster just look it up where do you go to find apps Chuck has at this point opened his window and laid out and gone. And he's just looking down going, okay, interesting. One of them looks up at you. It's another guy, totally shirtless for no reason. It's very cold outside and he looks cold. He has his shirt tied around his waist. Like he fully could put on an article of clothing. <laughs> Points up at you. He goes, neighbor. I point back, neighbor! Yeah! We're gonna um, go take showers. It's like 7 a.m. Can y'all be quiet? Just like a little bit. I'm so sorry. Thanks. Oh my God, sorry. Oh, well, you probably should be getting up if we're gonna be. Thanks, girl. See you in a bit. <laughs> uh, and Bradley looks at you and looks at your building and goes, oh, we'll talk later, all right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Neighbor. Yeah. Yeah, neighbor. What, what level are you all? Don't worry about it. Okay, we're we're in the we're in the levels two to four classes. Oh, that's the same level of classes that we are all taking. Yes. Oh, wicked! Yeah, Turns we'll around. see you in class. Everybody kind of waves and they go to a, another townhouse-looking building that's just across the pathway from yours. It's like kind of diagonal, so it's not like immediate neighbor, but they're clearly neighbors. You get the feeling that you know why everybody keeps their windows closed. Yes. Uh, before I go back inside, I'm giving a thumbs up to Chuck. I can't imagine that Brooke actually slept through all the various window opening <laughs> and yelling and... Okay, 
did she in any way make her presence known? No. Okay. <laughs> but I think she is resigned to getting up, getting dressed, trudging downstairs. She wasn't going to be awake today anyway. There's no point in trying to sleep. Okay. Time goes by. Folks start waking up. Those of you who do have your windows closed, the sound insulation is very good. It's just not very good if it's open. Anyone doing anything in the morning or are you just all... I'm, I'm sure that Brooke has a full class load. At the very least, Brooke does. Well, we all need to get to breakfast at some point, too, if we're not making it here. But I do think that Brooke will hang around a little bit in the morning to see people. Yeah, I mean, Vinny was up probably pretty early, not as early as you are, but um, he's at like the kitchen table or I guess, you know, whatever communal space table. Um, and he's actually working on studying wine stuff, basically, because he's trying to keep up the charade that he's actually studying viticulture right now. So he's like knee deep in a book and just like whenever someone comes in, just like morning. So I think if Brooke comes downstairs and Vinny is there, it'll say morning back and be like, hey, Vinny, I have a question. Yeah, what's up? So Wisteria's brought it up a few times, but how much combat practice have you done? I know you were homeschool. Um, not much. Going to be really honest about that. Um, a lot of my education was focused on botany and obviously wine and growing plants and things like that. Had a little bit of practical experience, but I'd say it was mostly theoretical and not applied. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking... Whenever Wisteria gets back in, not this morning, but we do have the multi-cohort combat practice tomorrow. And while I don't think we should be fighting each other without a healer, I do think we should probably figure out what we can all do. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly down for something like that. Um, I mean, I can just tell you, I don't you know, necessarily know a lot of offensive kind of spells if that's what you're looking for a lot of my kind of uh, repertoire is about you know getting to know people and convincing them to, to help us out in sometimes precarious ways but you know often it gets the results done so yeah i don't want to scare you or anything it's just that sometimes combat practice can be a little intense and i i want to make sure we're all ready for that Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it won't be too bad. I mean, like, what's the worst that could happen? You could die. But that doesn't happen often. At this stage, uh, Chuck is walking down the stairs and saying, here's a tip. Don't die. Well, yeah, I just mean it's not permanent. Again, I don't want to scare you. It's just people take this seriously. We're not exactly pulling punches. I'm worried. I, I mean, I'm not super worried about it either as long as we have a healer there as long as it's you know sanctioned and you know everyone kind of knows uh knows the limits and things like that i know we won't be pulling punches but hey you don't know until you try something right so let's get out there i want to get my ass kicked let's see how bad it is and then maybe i'll be afraid but for now like i'm just excited to be here and excited to try it out okay Britt also comes downstairs at this point and sees uh, Vinny's open wine book. Oh my God, are you thinking of having a little liquid breakfast? Um, I think maybe we should wait till lunch just so like we can, you know, like get some food in our stomachs, but I love where your head's at. Um, Good no, morning. I, yeah, I don't drink, but you can certainly do that. I can offer you a, a lovely recommendation. I have a lot of great ways of describing wine. Oh my God, I would love, like, can you pick something that like matches my personality? 
sure. Uh, and Vinny, like, like fiercely pulls out his phone and starts, like, searching through his phone. Vinny, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Are you attempting to do any magic about this? No, certainly not. Okay. Um, like... I, I think he's just offering up. I thought a there suggestion. might have been a possibility that you were using her information that you could find to attempt to magically divine some no, answers. No, he's uh, not trying to cast any magic right now. Okay. Is he accidentally casting any magic right now? I don't know. Oh, how man. Does... Someone give me my dice bag. Shit. Okay, so my brain, I said uh, 90 or higher. Vinny is accidentally doing some magic about this. I rolled a full-ass 97. Oh, my God. <laughs> Fuck. Let me ask Britt this. Britt, what wine do you think matches your personality? Um, I'm guessing something that, like, I, Susan, would hate. Like, a really sweet, like, is Moscato? Is that, like, a really sweet one? Or, like, or like a Riesling or something? Yeah, yeah. Which is not a breakfast wine, but... <laughs> So just like fully as you're scrolling your phone, this combined almost frenetic desire to be able to pretend competency in this, your phone glitches for a moment as you sort of connect with it. And you look down and suddenly you are on a web page that you were not on. And it is just a list of Rieslings that can be delivered to your apartment within the next four hours should you decide to get express delivery. Great. Let's go ahead and do that. Um, is anyone here over 21? Are you questioning this in any way? I, I think a little bit. I mean, I'm used to just kind of strange things happening and getting me the right information that I need. Um, so I, I don't think I would necessarily investigate it further, but I okay. would catalog it. Okay. While you're researching the perfect wine for Brit, Brooke will pose the question to you as well. You were homeschooled also, Brit, right? I think that's a generous way of saying it. I'd like to think that I was educated in the school of hard knocks. But you have done like combat practice? I have Green Actors Guild certified stage combat certification, however. Okay. So what I'm hearing is no, no actual combat training. I mean, I would say it's pretty real because like I had to get up sometimes at like 5 a.m. to like go on little jogs and do some yoga to make my body like prepared for those like stage combat things. I will say you get to a certain point in your career and you just have a stunt double. Actually, that's a great idea. Maybe I should call my stunt double and have her come do the combat for us. I don't think that will be allowed. I don't see why not. She looks very similar to me as long as you kind of like squint and like have some camera effects. You know, I'm just going to give her like a quick text. Um, carry on. Finney, have you seen Wisteria around? Um, no, I haven't. I was just engaged with, you know, my studying before. I saw her uh, outside talking to some of our neighbors. Brooke is going to poke her head outside and see if she can see if Wisteria is around anywhere. She is on the front porch running through drills with her greatsword. So she is going to pull her head back in. There is barely it, enough space to be doing Before this. it stays out there entirely too long. And be like, hey, Pisteria? Oh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, what? So Brooke closes the door behind her and comes out. And she's like, so I've been thinking about what you were saying about Getting some combat practice in. Now? Uh, I've, no. I've got an extra sword upstairs. No, no. Uh, I probably this evening after classes or something, I was thinking, um, 
I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of worried about Ginny and Britt. I don't think they've really done much like real combat. Okay. I've got smaller swords. I I think we should just get together and see what we can do. Make sure that we're cohesive for tomorrow. I think that's the best we can really do with the time we have. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't have a lot of experience in giving combat training, but I've had a lot and I'm happy to share what I know. But also, you know, I don't mind being in the front, giving cover to the people who use, you know, more magic than I do typically. So yeah. I'm happy to... Well, we'll talk about it for sure. I've also been putting together some features on my exosuit to help out with sort of frontline stuff. I'm just thinking strategy-wise, I want to see if it makes sense for us to be looking out for those two in particular. Oh, yeah, that won't be a problem. We can definitely keep them safe. Your your suit was impressive. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to head to breakfast. I've got some early classes. I'll see you for multimodal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm just going to finish up here and rinse off and, and head to breakfast myself. I'll see you there. Yeah, it's about 8.30. First classes start at 10. Tuesday's classes are Elemental Experiments. That is the Tuesday track. These tend to be practical courses, so you are doing actual practice of magic. Some of the classes today include instantiation classes, so actually becoming a specific element or grouping of elements, such as water. Cellular life classes, so bringing life from death, healing practicals. There's classes that focus on metals, like blacksmithing. Classes for vibrations, waves, and forces, like how to play with gravity or DJing for dummies. Tech crew, followed by DJing for dummies, actual performance. States of matter, so phase transitions, plasmas, atmospheric gases, or conceptual magics like seeing and prediction, localized time manipulation, death conceptually. Oh, and also the best class on here, which is bodies and magic, sex, dance, and other somatics. Sex magic? And other somatics, like dance. Uh, I've got the wrong character for this game. (laughs) (laughs) I need a character who'd be interested in that. (laughs) But the only mandatory class for Tuesdays is scheduled for 1 p.m., and that is multimodal elemental practice. It is a two-hour mandatory practical. I know that Brooke has a full class schedule. Does anybody want to go through anything before we get to our 1 p.m. multimodal elemental practice class? That death class sounds interesting. Death past the elemental barrier? Yeah. So that class is before 1 p.m. There are some that happen after the 2 p.m. class as well. Death past the elemental barrier. So there's a reason this isn't in cellular life. Death is something that you won't have had much experience in. There's a section of campus that there's literally a cemetery and mausoleums, and it's mostly held there for aesthetic purposes. You don't actually have to interact with the bodies at all. This is not a necromancy class per se. However, many of the people taking it, you realize, are necromancers because this is a class that is very specifically about 
what the state of death is and how souls work, reincarnate, things like that. And that barrier that you move past to interact with souls. Has anybody here read Sabriel before? I envision it sort of similar to how that functions, which is that there's sort of a different plane of existence almost, but we won't necessarily use that term since we do have other realms in this game. But there's a separate place where souls are stored. And you get the impression through this class that a lot of the people here are the people who want to engage on the other side of the barrier, though that's very difficult work. And you do sort of hear somebody mutter something about how it's particularly difficult when there is not a current god of death. There is no current reaper. So I'll say that you pick up that rumor. Uh, anything else? Did you actually want to do one of the healing practicals, uh, Wisteria? Uh, she wants to do that and the blacksmithing one. So is there a conflict? Blacksmith, no, blacksmithing is at 12. Okay, then I guess she'll do the morning. She's a morning person. So I will say for you, for this purpose as well, the woman teaching the healing practical, you know her. This would be Shioriki. She was many years younger than you. She is no longer many years younger than you. She is now about your same age. Do you, she will not say anything specifically to you unless you do to her. No, I don't think Wisteria would say anything directly. I would say she's watching her pretty closely based on everything she knows, but she's not going to instigate anything. And she is going to be very interactive with the class. She is not in the back of the class taking notes. She is in the front raising her hand, partially because that's just who she is, but partially she's trying to kind of gauge what sort of reaction to sure. anything that she's getting. Do you want to give me an insight roll? Sure. That is a dirty one. <laughs> <laughs> the rare dirty one. That is a two minus one. Um, I feel like I saw a unicorn. I mean, the thing is that Shiori is both a natural performer and very graceful and also not really one to be overly displaying of emotion. Like, think the sort of very restrained 50-year-old high-class British lady, except she's 22. Can you give me either arcana or religion? This will be a how much information do you get, not a do you get any information. Is that, oh, that's a 12. It's 12. Double okay. digits. Yeah, double digits. Congrats. I'm moving up in the world. So she already is very good at healing arts. You don't get the impression that she's here hired as a teacher. Many of these classes are student or TA taught classes. That's how they have so many classes, um, is that there are there are students who are very, very strong in one area, kind of regardless of, of their level. You get the impression that she's probably somewhere between levels 8 and 10 or 11 or something like that, which does feel a little odd based on what you know of the situation. But she does seem to be very skilled in at least the knowledge behind the healing. Most of the class is actually about what wounds 
are, you know, understanding wounds and bodies and how cells form and how wounds close. This is meant to be a practical, but it's a practical that ideally leads one day to a certification. So there's a lot of fundamentals required for theoretical like understanding before you start cutting into each other and healing wounds. I would also imagine that this is a drastically different fundamental like theory behind it than yes. the power that she usually uses to. Yeah, Wisteria is probably actually very used to let's cut into you and just make you heal it. This is a much more both gentle and like thorough I imagine she leaves and she just like can't form a cohesive thought because this is something she went in thinking she already knows a good deal about and this was not what she was expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so one o'clock comes around. If you have your combat grounds and then the sort of gym that's right behind the combat grounds, you walk about three to five minutes to the north and there's some trees, some nature, some things like that and a little sign that says meet here for multimodal. There is a woman. She's quite tall, quite lanky, has just a lot of shawls and necklaces and rings, big braids in her hair, and a little name tag that says Celia on it. She looks distant, like emotionally. She just kind of stares into the sky most of the time. This is a larger class than your class yesterday. About 30 people end up showing up. So this is like three or four cohorts in this class. Anyone doing anything while you're waiting for everyone to arrive? Do we see Aurelius? Aurelius is not here. However, standing near Celia is Fan, who just looks bubbly. Just an excited little creature. Well, speaking of bubbly, I think that Britt did have a little bit of that delivered Riesling by now. So she's coming in a little buzzed. Um, and I think as as they're kind of walking up, she just like gives like a little wink to Wisteria, like the, as if to say, like, watch this. And very loudly, Britt's like, I'm so sorry for Aurelius that he has to deal with that cauliflower shaped penis. <laughs> um, And she like turns back to Wisteria and gives her a big grin, just like, you're welcome. <laughs> Fan immediately bursts out laughing just cannot fucking handle himself at this moment pulls out his phone and you can see him sending off a text message don't you don't have to say anything you're welcome uh yes and it's tiny (laughs) (laughs) fan walks up to you and he goes it has made just the worst impact on his life you know, it doesn't fit into anything. Oh, yes. Yeah, I bet. Mm. serious, like, looking between the two of them, like, d- did you actually find that out? It's so awful. <laughs> <laughs> what? Also, I can't believe we have another class. We had, like, class yesterday. Well, we also had classes this morning. And we're going to have more this afternoon. Uh-huh. Right, I knew that totally. Um, Brooke, you seem really, you're really bookish. Like, you so, have notes, hold on. right? Straight up. Brookish. Brooke? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Backtrack. Back uh, Streams, do you Brooke, want a new nickname? Please, <laughs> please let me finish here. Brooke is late. Uh, I'm saying this because I don't want her to have to experience this. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> she had a free period right before this. She grabbed some lunch, but had a little bit of time. So she went to the library and got a little bit caught up. So she's just now getting to class as it's about to start. Celia finally looks down and looking more exhausted than any human on this planet should look. Goes, Isfandial, don't, don't, don't do this to me. And, and, and Celia has fully come over and has like grabbed the back of Fen's collar and is literally like attempting to drag him away from this. And she's like, you really need to be a little bit more mm, regal. I don't know better than this. She's saying as she's like dragging him off. I feel like Britt gives him a big wink. <laughs> Wisteria also takes her uh, advice to heart and stands a little bit straighter and does not say anything else. <laughs> yeah, Brooke comes in and is just like looking at people like, do I want to know? No. No, you don't. Thank you. You do not want to know. She finds a seat. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name, for those of you who... Well, I guess nobody would really know. Well, some of you might know. My name is Celia. I am in charge of teaching a multimodal elemental practice. So that you know, I am primarily a seer, but I am pretty good at the rest of magic in general. I would hope. She does seem to get distracted very easily. She, like, kind of zones in and out throughout what she's saying. But she does end up introducing the course as this is where you will really practice putting together elements and putting together magic. And she explains that different classes will take place in different parts of campus, sort of depending on what the focus might be or what your focus might be. A lot of times people will take the theories from Creative Solutions that they've put together on Monday and they'll test them out during Tuesday classes. But for today, we're just going to practice fucking around with the elements. So this is going to be your opportunity to tell me what you're going to try to do magically. And we're going to do some magic about it. This is all going to be our fun mechanics. Now, I don't recall if I told you all this last session. In my head, as you explain these things, I'm setting DCs. I considered telling you all what the DC would be. However, I'm not going to do that because the overall DCs for success or lack of success are going to be based not just objectively, but subjectively as well, right? There are cumulative results of how you attempt to use magic and how you call upon the universe. So how the universe feels about you overall is part of that DC. So if I give you the DCs as you're saying things, it's going to be very confusing and make very little sense as to why things might seem so difficult or so easy compared to other situations. So I'm just letting you know that. If you want to try to cast a spell, you are totally free to, but you know, you'll probably get called out by the teacher and go like, I know that that I know that spell. <laughs> Fan is also there to help if you want to talk through how you're doing something or if you need to plan. Uh, she does say, a fan here, is he here? Is, um, oh, what do you go by here? He shrugs. She looks at him and she goes, 
Well, he's very good with carbon in particular, uh, and also some of the conceptual magics, but does a lot with earth-based elements, but is one of our uh, strongest TAs in history and precedent sites of conceptual magics. If you know Aurelius, they are kind of a duo. Uh, Aurelius has the math and physics sides of magic. and So uh, he's a nerd? Yes. Uh, please don't interrupt her. She's very important. Oh, I'm so sorry. Continue, Miss Celia. It's Celia. Of course. <laughs> Everybody's faces are incredible. <laughs> I will say, Wisteria has been on the edge of her seat the entire time she's been speaking. So if you need space, space out. You're just going to be practicing and Fan and I will be here to assist as necessary. You do notice that the two people who were in your class yesterday, who I don't believe you, you ever got the names of the ones who were part of Aurelius's cohort, this very small, and you see now that they're standing, like the, the small black girl is very short like well built clearly capable but a very tiny woman whereas the other person is a little bit above average height but looks very tall standing next to her but they're just sort of leaning against trees kind of chatting amongst themselves they don't seem to be part of the class they didn't seem to be part of the last class they just kind of hang out yeah near ben i guess well, they were hanging out near Aurelius yesterday. Yeah, they're just present. They just seem to be present. Huh. Wisteria, what do you think about that? Do you notice I'm, it? Do you care? I would say she probably does notice. She she is definitely, I would say just like in general, like at school, sort of not exactly on edge, but trying to notice everything that she can. Like there is a lot going on for her right now. I think she doesn't know why they're there, but she is going to assume that they are of the same status as Aurelius and Fen. But she's not sure. She doesn't know why they would be there. She doesn't make any guesses. Okay, so she's not really questioning it. She, I, not that she's not questioning. It's that she doesn't have any answers and she's not sure if she wants to speak with them. She might, but I don't think she's... Okay, in that case, I will have you do a roll about it. You can give me... A perception check or an insight check. Five. Yeah, you don't really know what's up with them. You will. Don't worry. I'm not gate locking. I'm just, it's just about whether you get information earlier than I've planned. I would just like to say as a general rule, you can't put any plot relevant information behind my roles. I know. <laughs> That's why I'm not. Cool. Yeah, but no, no, she, she clocks it and she does wonder what they're doing there, but doesn't try to hazard a guess, I would say. Okay. So, what type of magic do y'all want to do? So, Brooke has some ongoing projects anyway, that this is just practically what she would be doing in a free period, regardless, just with like some more oversight. So, she's going to be working on some silicon constructions. Okay. She is trying to get some very particular states that are necessary for superconductors. Okay, so I'm going to come back to you in a second and give you some time to think on this question, which is, when I have you do a roll about it, what magic are you trying to accomplish? It's 
transmutation in nature. She's trying to get the silicon to like stick to the kind of behavior that she needs it to, to stick in. Okay. So in that case, you've said what it is you're doing. I'm going to guess that you haven't said exactly the outcome you're trying to accomplish because we're going a little bit past our like normal depth of physics understanding. The outcome that she is trying to accomplish is very incremental. It's like, okay, can I make a little superconductive wafer that I can levitate like magnetically? What is your offset? What's your sacrifice? Oh, um... So a part of this is it needs to be very low temperature to begin with. So in kind of mimicking her power source for her armor, she has small flywheel. It's basically just like a disk drive, but it's not information storing. It's just a thing to spin like pump kinetic energy into. So she's taking heat energy, essentially, from her sample and storing it and then like using it for the actual rearranging of the silicone itself and into the structures that she needs. Okay. So give me your arcana check. 15. 15. Okay. And you've done this kind of stuff quite a bit and you're taking it slowly and you're doing it thoughtfully. So you're able to start making little bits of incremental progress. That being said, as you're doing it, Fan does sort of come over and goes, okay, so you're like doing a lot of relying on stuff that you've done before and like thinking through things. That's very cool, that's very cool. I would push over the course of like this class to really try to push yourself in other elemental avenues as well, right? Like this is stuff that you're clearly familiar with. And we're trying to like in this class, you go outside of our scope. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's not just for pet projects, though. I appreciate it. Good job, Streams. That's your nickname, right? Uh, yeah. Unless you wanted it to be Brookish. I Bookish Brookish. Bookish Brook? You know what I, I prefer? You can call me Brook. D- do you prefer Brook? I would prefer Brook. Oh, okay. Cool. Do you want me to tell Aurelius to call you Brook instead of Streams? I'm sure. I don't really speak to Aurelius that much. Oh, okay. But sure. Okay, cool. Um, Who's next? Who wants to do some magic about something? I'll go. Okay. Um. So, like... I've only done magic like once before, but... Celia firmly has her eye on you already. She's like over, she's sidled over to you. She's looking at you very intently, which is like somewhat disconcerting. She has these very wide eyes. Well, like, okay, so, you know, I was at this Emmy's after party and I tried mushrooms and I had this really great trip where I visualized the universe. And so I think me and the universe are like actually on pretty good terms right now. And like... <laughs> and so like my whole that's not how much okay yep sure have you had these mushrooms before those specific ones yeah were you also at that party yes oh my god wait maybe like i'm gonna go through my instagram real real quick and see if i can find you in any pictures i'll, I'll do that after the magic oh cameras can't see me that is so tragic. I'm so sorry to hear that. You would look gorgeous in pictures. Oh, thank you. No, I may, I did it on purpose because um, I was too stunning on camera. Oh, okay. I respect that. Yes. Like, hiding from the paparazzi? Like, you go, girl. All oh, right. Thank you. 
Um, so yeah, I like. Part of, part of me wants to roll an insight check on that. Do you want to roll an insight check? Yes. Uh, woof. It's a, it's a six. It seems as legit as it can seem, which is to say not very, but... <laughs> I, like, I, I'm hearing this and I'm recognizing... Like, what's your passive insight? You have a pretty high passive insight, right? Uh, plus three, so 13. Yeah, it's, it, it, it seems sus. I'll, even with a six at a 13 passive insight, I'll say it's, it seems sus. There, there's probably... You believe she could do it? Yes. <laughs> like, I'm hearing her saying this and it's like, okay, this is something she could do whether or not she's actually done it don't know whether or not she was at that emmy party don't know probably (laughs) not but maybe uh yeah so like i think i just kind of want to like say the universe like show me what you've got i guess like you like like whatever you know earth spirit um or whatever like just show me the magic that you want me to do right now because like i've done like one spell and it went really well it was fine don't worry about it and do you want to roll a deception on that baby girl (laughs) i have a plus five deception and i crit failed i crit failed (laughs) (laughs) y'all are not doing well today (laughs) uh no nobody says anything but we all know you're full of shit (laughs) (laughs) anyway so like um yeah i'll just do like whatever um, and the, the the offset, um, so, like, I understand it's about, like, entropy and chaos and the universe not wanting to go towards its inevitable heat death. So I think that if I give up my current buzz, which I am loving right now, uh, and go to a sober state, that is a decrease in entropy, which will help offset the careening of our universe towards its inevitable heat death, if I understood yesterday's lecture correctly. Um... Okay, let's investigate that. Um, how is your sobriety or lack thereof? Oh. Sorry, it's just it, earlier makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I, I too feel that I better understand. Um, so, so my- yes, so, um, right. Explain how it is that going from not sober in class to sober in classism decreasing entropy oh my god of course so like okay. have, you know like ryan seacrest um like no he, okay well imagine that you do he was at that party that's weird you know. give okay, me one moment fine. um so like it's a okay i now know ryan seacrest and i do not know why i know ryan seacrest <laughs> <laughs> I have not figured out the... <laughs> Please continue. Okay. So, like, this one time, Ryan and I were at brunch, and it was a bottomless mimosa brunch, okay? And so, like, when we got there, he was kind of, like, a little bit low energy and just kind of, like, he ordered something boring, like, overnight oats. Like, I don't even know. But then, you know, as he started having more and more mimosas, he started becoming more and more unpredictable in what he was doing. And by the end of the brunch, he was kind of just, like, throwing eggs everywhere and telling everybody in the tables around us it's time to have a Benny party like a eggs benedict party and so what my theory is is that the more inebriated somebody comes the more unpredictable their behavior comes which results in an increase in chaos in their immediate surroundings versus so like if i hadn't come to class buzzed by the like for example then maybe i just would have like went and been boring and like sat down in my seat and like not tried to make friends with you and fen and like everybody else here and like talked about a really this is dick 
but because I did have alcohol, I did all of those things, which I think we can all agree definitely spice things up in here. And so that is an increase in chaos, therefore an increase in entropy. Therefore, if I lose the buzz state, I will decrease the entropy of the system and make it more ordered. Do I really like you? <laughs> I mean, I love you. Like, you are my like new woman crush, but like we don't have to talk about that Thank right now. You are a child. Okay, we're going to move past that. Um, I mean, you're not a child. You, however old you are, you are. Thank you for saying that, though, because I was a very popular child star for a long time. So, like, oh. I'm still working through some things. Um, but my new friends are helping me, and she just like grabs Wisteria's hand, <laughs> like maybe without Wisteria, like. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, I think that you have just made a wonderful argument for coming to class relatively sober. Okay. You immediately hear Fen go, fuck. And at the same time, you also see the taller, light-skinned person on the tree kind of look shadily at Fen as well. They definitely share a glance that both looks like, fuck. <laughs> can, I, can I roll perception for that to see if I catch that? Yeah, roll perception. Oh, that's an 18. Yeah, you totally catch that. And you also catch the smaller woman just straight up elbowing the other person <laughs> in the ribs. So from a distance, Brits kind of like nodding like I catch you. So you're, what you are attempting to do is anything. Just like whatever the universe feels like is fair for that change in entropy, if that makes sense. You know, I'd look forward to seeing this. So what you had said was that you feel that you and the universe have a deep connection and you would just like to see what it is that it wants from you. Yeah. Well, it feels like we've got good vibes. Yeah. Roll Arcana. That's uh, 15. 15. Okay. And please also roll me a D100 because you are a sorcerer. <laughs> a wild magic sorcerer. <laughs> okay, so I got a five. <laughs> 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 where is the wild magic table i've never looked at the wild magic table so i don't know how it's organized is it completely random or is there like the good stuff on the top and the bad stuff on the bottom <laughs> it's probably I'm gonna be random. straight up i usually use homebrew wild magic okay. tables and i rolled you a 55 and you rolled a five wonderful i love this so a few different things happen because you just gave a preemptive sacrifice, which is a, a very difficult thing to do properly. And you did not, you, do, you just, you don't know the magical theory even behind how to do a preemptive sacrifice. Absolutely not. So instead, the universe takes you at your word and believes you are attempting to do divination. Okay. And... You succeed at seeing in your mind, lying in bed, you're not quite sure when, sometime in the next week, and very suddenly growing an entire face full of feathers. And then you come back to. Um, what does Raven say when she has a vision and that's a raven? <laughs> <laughs> Is it brain blast? No, that's your neutral. <laughs> I do not know what any of these words mean. I think 
I could, but the last time I decided to know what something you said meant, I now know what Ryan Seacrest is, and I didn't need that. I, I think I just said magic, and like, I think I'm gonna do more magic later. You are such a good teacher. <laughs> okay, now maybe consider what you will um, commune with the elements about, because that was some lovely divination, and not what we were here for. We'll come back to you. Okay. Okay. So wait, it's like time. Okay. 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 Thank you so much. Oh my god. You're welcome. I think. Who's next? Uh, Chuck's always been interested in the idea of taking wood, which is a malleable and workable substance, working it into something, you know, cool shaped, and then converting it into a substance that is not easily... Incredible what we're here to actually do. (laughs) Okay, so... So, uh... Are you are you trying to make it in something cool shaped with magic? I don't think so. I think are he's, you trying to like carve it or like are you yeah, he's, carving he's, it or something? He's pulled out some like small piece of wood that he picked up, you know, a couple weeks ago and has carved into just a little figurine, nothing in particular, and is just going to try and like, okay, it's wood now. How do I then convert this into? stone or glass or something that is not as easily sure so what what are you hoping to convert it into because all of those are very different elements yes. with very different give me give me just a second let me think okay so okay uh stone okay so you want to convert it into stone so tell me anything that you want about what Chuck thinks that looks like. Like, what is stone? What are you converting the wood into the stone? What is that process? So, he's seen videos in the past of someone taking a piece of wood and soaking epoxy up into the wood to make it a stronger piece of wood. Okay. And so he's trying to think of, okay, so that's like filling spaces in the wooden structure there. I wonder if I could, instead of filling the spaces, you know, with epoxy, suck up some stone into those wooden spaces and then take the wood out of the equation after it's been filled with stone effectively. Okay, so there's there's a little bit of precedent that you're using in understanding that process. There's a little bit of physics there but not necessarily like a ton of like what stone is or what you're asking right to do. yeah okay um roll me arcana or whatever or you could also roll me nature whatever you want to make an argument for i like nature better <laughs> 12 not terrible yeah um you're able to get parts of it there and you kind of get this sense that even though you're sort of struggling to do the whole thing, you're sort of in tune with what's being asked of you to better understand, which is like rocks are made up of a lot of things. Like what stone is, is actually pretty complex in and of itself, like chemically. Mm-hmm. And the type of stone that you're asking for and how hard is that stone? How old is that stone? There's a lot of different kinds of stone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot to ask what your sacrifice was. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, that is a good question. Or your offset, rather. You don't need a huge one for this, right? This is pretty small magic. Yeah. Because like all I'm trying to do is move stone from one location to another, basically. 
would be a good sacrifice for that? I don't know. I the, don't think Chuck would know. I think the the most straightforward thing that that is generally what's used, especially by younger people, mm-hmm. is just personal energy reserves. Yep. And I think that's right. probably what Chuck would do at this point because he just doesn't know enough about other options being available to correctly know. Okay, I can use this for this. It's just like I'm aware that there are things that I can do to not use my personal energy reserves here, but I don't know what they are. So I'm just using my personal energy reserves for this because I'm recognizing that this is a relatively small ask. So I'm probably not going to be, you know, killing myself with this. Yeah. So even though it's like not a huge success, you are able to start better interpreting what it is that's would be asked of you to make things easier or even like if it is just moving current stone that really exists here and replacing it with wood like the the ask of where is that stone coming from Mm -hmm. right like give me a location um you kind of get the sense of like oh well maybe i could do an offset of like if i'm moving stone and replacing it with wood like in a place where a tree is struggling to grow, Mm. right? Like that might have been more effective. So even though this isn't really working, it does feel like you're kind of attuning with magic a little bit better than you had been a moment ago. Okay. Uh, Who's next? Um, I can go. Yeah. So Vinny has been thinking long and hard about this and he's a little bit shook basically by what Brooke was talking about earlier about hand-to-hand combat and how rough that's going to be. So he's thinking about ways to improve that and he actually kind of motions to Basiri. He's like, I, I might need your help for something in a little bit. But my idea is basically, I have a spell, I have mage armor, I know a way to physically protect myself. But when I cast spells, like I have to keep my mental concentration on that spell, right? And when I get hit physically, obviously I have something that protects me, but I don't have anything that helps to protect my concentration or protect my mind in that instance, i.e. you can drop concentration, right? So Vinny's thinking really long and hard about like, how can I try to basically give myself like a mental barrier that makes it easier to concentrate when I am concentrating on spells. So he doesn't know if this is like the right application, but he again is a little bit shook. So he's just kind of like swinging for left field. So what he wants to do is offer up some ability to basically siphon off concentration from some other time into specifically during combat. There's probably an exchange right there. Like he knows it's not going to be one to one. Like his own concentration yes. or somebody else's concentration? Like his own concentration. Okay. He's very big about like, I don't, because he has accidentally enchanted a lot of people into doing things for him. He doesn't want to take other people's things if he can avoid it, unless he's doing it intentionally. But he very much wants to give up his own concentration. And his argument for why the universe will want to do this is because if we enter a combat, inevitably we either are going to win or to lose, right? If we are going to win, then the universe wants that battle to go as quick as possible so that we are at the maximum HP so it doesn't have to spend energy healing us back up to full HP, right? It's basically less of a delta to get back to max HP. So therefore, the universe would want me to keep concentrating on my spell to basically vanquish the enemy as quick as possible. Brit is like snapping right now. (laughs) I hope you're not explaining this out loud. Are you explaining this out loud? I yes. I feel like Vinny's just like talking. He doesn't know what okay, to do okay. about it. Continue, any of this. continue. So he wants to basically cast a concentration spell 
than have somebody, he eyes Wisteria and her big sword, stab him <laughs> and see if he's able to basically increase his concentration. So Celia and Fan and the other two are just like staring at each other, like very clearly in a like, do we let this happen type of way? Be- Brooks in there before, too. <laughs> before before Celia shrugs is like, he's an adult. Like right, this is right idea is right. You're an, I, I think you. That is a very creative and uh, potentially accurate. There are some issues, but you know you are an adult and you sh- could find them yourself. Great, you know Fantastic. you can't find an issue until you. I don't have anything catchy. I'm a little nervous. Sorry. Um, yeah. Clear, it's also potentially disastrous. Right, exactly. But you can't make an omelet unless you break a few eggs. So That's also let's... what Ryan Seacrest said at that brunch. <laughs> it's very topical for a brunch. I, I've, I've seen some stuff on, like, magic items that do similar things. So there's precedent if you wanted to understand the process that you're trying to enact a little bit more fully. I'm a little worried Ooh. that if you try this, this unaided, is far outside of the realm of magical items that currently exist. I know that there are items that help in aiding concentration. Remember, we're asking for specifics here, right? So if if he had just said like I, I'm looking to aid in concentration, and the way he was trying to do that was by bolstering specific mental prowess in that moment or something like that, then yes, a lot of magical items do exist. But he is attempting to borrow from the future. What is? Did I miss a lecture where that's like a big no-no or something? <laughs> yeah, like are we supposed to have known more coming into this? Yeah, I feel like, like Vinny is very just, much just like. I thought this was just like a time to experiment, but I'm like now I'm straws. feeling like yeah. the magical education system has been subpar. Great. Um, Let's learn by doing <laughs> and potentially destroying our minds. Hello, my beautiful darlings. Lurdy here once again. Thank you for listening to episode two, part one. Let's learn by doing. Episode two, part two is very nearly done. We have split this episode in two parts due to uh, how long it was. We'll probably split most of our episodes into two parts from here on out, uh, which will hopefully help reduce how long it takes for us to get through editing and also reduce the investment on the time of one episode for you. We should be coming out with part two shortly within the next couple of weeks. And we hope you look forward to the next part of Magics of the Evergreen, where we uh, learn by doing and possibly destroy our minds. Or at least Vinny. It goes fine. We promise. Not putting that in. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Back up. Oh my god. Jesus oh. fucking Christ. <laughs>
I mean, she is what? 21? She's 20. She's 20. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs>